Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. You know, for years, my concept of community was geographical. And that was partly because in D.C., the city is broken down into wards. And remember, I just left D.C. in 2019. You know, I remember growing up, there was huge emphasis put on the ward you were from. There are eight wards in D.C. and the city is broken down into those eight wards. And there is Northeast, Northwest, Southeast, Southwest. And where you are from, it meant a lot. However, You know, the older I became and the more into the field of human services I immersed myself in and just the more I just became more aware of the city itself, which it's a city that I absolutely adore, I started to gain this new meaning of community. Peter Block has a book about community and it's called Community. The structure of belonging. And it's more about the systems of community. I personally think it's a meso level book, but it's an amazing book, and I'll make sure all that information is in the show notes. But in his book, he states communities are human systems given form by conversations that build relatedness. Community and collective care play a crucial role in radical self-care because they emphasize holistic well-being by considering individuals and collective dimensions. Let's talk about how community and community collective care intersect and impact radical self-care. First, there is social support and connection. You know, social support and connection impact radical self-care by engaging in community care and it promotes a sense of belonging and social support. This can in turn be so powerful and so impactful. These connections, they provide that emotional support that we need when it comes to radical self-care, that understanding that we need, and those shared experiences. Just think about it. You connecting with other human service professionals, and maybe not even other human service professionals, because one of the domains of radical self-care is Radical social self-care and radical social self-care. It's all about your social environment. So how you connect with your good girlfriends or how you connect with your good guy friends, how you connect with those that are outside of your professional surroundings. Or how about the, the shared resources and the responsibilities That impact on radical social self-care, you know, communities that collaborate and take on shared responsibilities, they contribute to a more sustainable and supportive environment. This shared responsibility can alleviate individual burdens and allow for better radical self-care practices without feeling overwhelmed. Radical self-care should not be a burden. This should be something that we implement into our communities and our collective care systems that should be easy, that should be collaborative. It's okay if we share resources and responsibilities. We also, there also should be a level of collective healing and also advocacy. 
This impact on radical self-care is advocating for collective healing. Not just advocating for collective healing, but advocating for collective well-being. And this can address the systemic issues that impact individuals. Through participation in collective efforts, you know, these individuals here can contribute to creating healthier environments, which in turn support their own radical self-care. So again, that's why radical self-care is not just about the professional. It's about the professional. It's about the client. It's about the client impacting their personal systems. This is a trickle down effect. It's about everybody. So now we're talking about how this impacts the entire community. There is cultural and emotional nourishment here. Like we're talking about communities coming together. Communities can provide individuals with cultural and emotional nourishment. Engaging in cultural practices and sharing emotional experiences within a community can enhance one's sense of identity, and fulfillment contributing to overall well-being. Shared experiences bring people together. That's why representation is so important. We need to see people who look like us. We need to be around individuals who have shared experiences like our own. I'm not saying that we can't learn from individuals who don't look like us or who have different experiences from us because I think we need to be open to hearing others' experiences of the world. But there is nothing like learning from your own. It is nothing like being in a room where you are represented. There is nothing like hearing from people and seeing people that represent you. Reciprocity and interdependence. Valuing interdependence within a community promotes reciprocity. Knowing that support is available and being part of a network where care is Reciprocated enhances radical self-care and reduces isolation. Yes, radical self-care is about self and it is about how you take care of self, but it's also about how we take care of community. I think one of the best examples that I have seen or that I've read about is the NAP ministry. So the book we are going to read, this is one of our books for the month because it was one of our books last year, but we're going to revisit it this year because it is about community coming together and valuing rest. But it's about community and it's about collective care and it's about knowing that the grind culture has to stop. The hustle culture has to stop. And the hustle culture and the grind culture is something that is embedded into our people. And when I say our people, I am speaking of the of the Black and African diaspora. But it is also a collective community coming together and just resting and just being. And I think that is a beautiful example of reciprocity and cultural and emotional nourishment. You know, just just being together. 
and just promoting rest. Because in this, it's also reducing isolation with um, the NAP ministry because it's a collective of people coming together. When I read the book, there's no talking. It's just a collective of people coming together to just be, just rest, just be in the moment. And that brings me to the point of creating safe spaces. Like we have to create safe spaces if we want people to one, foster resilience within their lives. And if we want people to radically be able to take care of ourselves, because to to radically take care of yourself, you do need a safe network. You do need a support system. So if I want a support system, you got to create a safe space for people to come to. Now, whether you are a human service professional, as a, as a service provider and as an executive director, I have to create a safe space for people to come to. As a human service provider that clients come to, you have to create a safe space for them to come to. But outside of your professional self, if you want to be that person, you have to create a safe space. Creating a safe space, you know, communities that prioritize and create safe space and that are inclusive spaces. Come on now, inclusive spaces. You can contribute to the psychological safety of individuals. Imagine, oh my goodness, I get chill bumps just thinking about it imagine inclusive spaces can can you imagine imagine inclusive spaces that contribute to the psychological safety of individuals of all individuals but as a black woman just imagine Feeling safe within a community allows individuals to explore and prioritize radical self-care without fear or judgment or discrimination. Like create a safe space for people to come to, to just be, to not feel fear, to not feel judgment, to not feel, to not feel anything but their true authentic selves. If you, this is how you false, this is how you help people foster resilience. Cause this means I can come with all my stressors. I can come and be me inclusive spaces that contribute to the psychological safety of individuals. Ugh, imagine. And I know there are places, there are spaces. Imagine if there were more spaces that would foster and cultivate radical self-care, learning and growth opportunities. You know, communities that could provide opportunities for learning and growth. Maybe healing circles that could teach others how to foster these safe spaces or how to foster healing circles within their communities. Access to community resources, maybe some knowledge and maybe some experience that can empower individuals to enhance their holistic well-being through continuous professional development. Remember, radical self-care is so much deeper. We getting deep, y'all. I mean, deep. 
in the workplace, some examples of just a couple real quick of promoting community and collective care specifically for human service professionals is creating a peer support group where human service professionals can speak about their experiences, discuss challenges, and provide one another emotional support. Because we know this work takes a toll on us. You could do the same thing with your nurses. You could do the same thing with your doctors. You could do the same thing with your teachers. Do the same thing with your child protective um, service workers. Do the same thing. Create environments where they that would be facilitated by someone who is trained to move the conversation along so folks won't get stuck, but create a peer support group where professionals can come, but it has to be a safe space. Flexible work arrangements, you know, such as remote work options or flexible hours, this can reduce stress. We talk about resilience and can promote the radical self-care. Encourage the use of mental health days without the stigma. Without the stigma and promote the importance of taking breaks when needed. To acknowledge the emotional toll that service work, not just human service work, but that service work has on the body. And when I say the body, I'm not just talking about the physical body. I'm talking about the emotional, the mental, just the toll that it has. Promote the importance of maintaining healthy work-life balance to prevent burnout, vicarious trauma, compassion fatigue, and allow time to recharge. Taking care of yourself in a radical way is greatly enhanced by nurturing our community and practicing collective care. This involves building social connections, sharing resources, addressing systemic issues and cultivating a sense of belonging. It's important to recognize that individual and collective well-being are interconnected and should be considered together, not individually. A comprehensive approach to radical self-care should go beyond individual practices when we are talking about nurturing communities and practicing collective care. You have to take into account the broader community context, especially when you are a nonprofit organization. It's so important because your work, you're working for the community. You are working for the community. Community, it's not just geographical. Community, it's and there needs to be a sense of belonging. I implore you, please get Peter Block's book. It's a good read. It's, it's just a good read. I, I implore you to read it and let me know what you think. Okay? Remember, 
Radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So do me a favor and be kind to someone today. I love you so much for listening. Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Bye. Thank you.